Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Corner Booth, week three. I am your host, Jared Klein, alongside my co-host, Mark Riley. We're back again, baby. Hey, listen, first of all, quick couple shout-outs. First of all, to Belly Up Sports, also, of course, for uh, getting us started and kind of bringing us together and getting this whole podcast, supporting us through all this. Second, to our now 300 followers on Twitter. Great job, guys. Of course, shout out to Mr. Mark Riley for getting us working on that. Uh, also, shout out to Jordan Moore for our great logo. Check it out. It's on our Twitter page. Um, also, to Brian and Brian, uh, our two admins in the uh, podcast and digital media department at Belly Up, who got us going and started and kind of showed me how to get this all working again. So now because of them, iTunes and Spotify approved, and uh, we have a good logo, and we have good content. So, by the way, this podcast hopefully should be ready to rock and roll before Thanksgiving. So give you an excuse to go listen to something while your relatives are jawing on. All right. First up, we had our records from last week. Ooh. And drumroll, please. Mark Owen 3 Riley is back. Oh, he man. He's back I... and worse than ever. <laughs> Your boy is now 3 and 0, 23 and 10, where Mark finished 20 and 13. You know what? It's okay, Mark. Listen, it's okay. I honestly, I maybe it's just my dumb luck because I can't win anything else. So I might as well win in picks on my podcast. Um, no, I'm going with this whole be bold and stand out thing, and it's just not going well with me right now. See, I, I roll with that until I actually make my picks. I'm bold when I write <laughs> articles, and I'm bold when I make statements on my podcast. But when I write picks, I just let my beer or my brain do the talking. Oh, man. Maybe I need to start sipping on some uh, nice whiskey before I make my picks because these Irish I've been, no I have been struggling. Give me some Jameson and I'll be happy. I thought I'll, I'll start making good picks. Caskmates. You can never go wrong with Caskmates on the rocks. Tastes amazing. Um, Try it out. There you go. And also it goes great with the cigar as well. All right. First off, so we have a couple of new changes today. First off, one, we're going to be talking. We have two new segments added. Well, one is kind of a hybrid. First off, we have our six pack. We're going to call We're going to, it's kind of a new thing where, you know, we talk about last week's games, the three biggest games from college and pro together kind of keeps everything together gives it kind of a whole bar feel like we like talking about here at the corner booth also we have my new segment called the report card where i rattle off five things that's happened in sports in the last two or three weeks and we give it grades and it's pretty much for comedic purposes as well and also today on our final segment we talk about thanksgiving football and the great tradition that it is so let's get to it let's do it all right, so six-pack of games. Let's crack one open. First off, we're going to talk Cincinnati and UCF. Mark, I'll let you take the lead in this one because you actually predicted this one correctly. Yeah, I, I felt that UCF had something to prove this game. They finally got a matchup against the ranked team and against your uh, Bearcats that you used to watch every time you went to cut down those trees. But uh, It happened. They were always on like the first week <laughs> in December. I can't help it. Yeah, I mean, they came to play, and the one thing they did that actually made a definitely a big influence on the committee uh, is that their defense kind of showed up. And Cincinnati's offense is supposed to be not shabby. I mean, it's still Cincinnati. They're not anything special, but they definitely got a little more respect after this week, I would say. Nice. And your mic just shifted, like, volume-wise completely. 
Okay. That's, it sounds better now, though. All right. Um, so, I was amazed. I, I saw UCF move the football, but the biggest thing with me was they held Cincinnati 13 points. With that big of a defense, it was unbelievable to me. I personally, I thought this was incredible because I was expecting a shootout. I was expecting like a 35-42 game and Cincinnati driving down the field and getting a late touchdown or or vice versa with UCF. And they kept them under 13 points. I was impressed. You know, I mean, I don't think they're a top 10 team yet, but it, they are deserving more and more recognition as we go. And this was one of the picks you got right. I will give you credit for that. Yeah, I mean, you went with a little, you know, had a little hometown story to it. And, you know, that's why you had the pick. It was a tough pick to go well, with. I, I also but. just thought, you know what, like UCF, I think they're not as good as they were last year, in my opinion. I thought now, like, this is going to be their slip-up game. They're so tight about not being in the top ten that they're going to catch that one slip-up game that's going to push them out into the top, like, merely in the top 22, yeah. 25, in that range. So, I don't know. I mean – so you got the next game. What we got? Uh, next game we have Ohio State and Maryland. See this this kicked me because I watched a lot. I watched a decent amount of the game, and we all, it just you know this game was so crazy because I'm I'm Maryland has gone through so much crap this year with with their head coach and a guy dying and all this terrible stuff. And they're just a garbage program that shouldn't even be in the Big Ten. And yet they're giving Ohio State a game. And to me, this just adds more fuel to the pro-Michigan fire during next week's game. And I'm looking at Ohio State, I'm like, really? This is what you put out there? I also think, so here's my take. Ohio State is this year's Miami. Okay. They have a great, fun season. They're in the top five for most of the year. They have their quick little slip-up game that they catch themselves right before the rivalry game at the end of the season, and then they're going to spiral out of control. I think they're this year's Miami. I think. Yeah, I think the only difference with that is I think Haskins is definitely better than Rozier, but, I mean, That's yeah. like saying that a rotten apple is not as good as an apple pie. Come on. <laughs> Facts. There's a reason but, uh, Perry is yeah. not playing and killing it. So that is true. Um, I mean, yeah, Ohio State. They, I mean, they scored at will, but like Maryland, they had it. They got the game tied and they went for two. Which I mean, I completely agree with the call. That coach is trying to make a a point and make a like a notion to have him come back. But yeah. I mean, they had it too. If you watch the two point conversion, the guy was wide open. They missed it. I wanted Ohio State to lose that game big time because that was before I found out West Virginia was going to break my heart. But, I mean, yeah, I thought it was crazy. I couldn't believe it actually was close, but just stirs up for this weekend and see if which Ohio State team comes out. Honestly, I look at it like this. When you talk about Ohio State, I just don't – they never this year scared me. Like back When I used to look at college teams, I look at them from this lens. Whatever team I've rooted for. So it's been Miami Hurricanes since I've actually rooted for a team team for the past five, six years. And because I never, unfortunately, and most of you guys know, I went to Southern Connecticut State University. So our football team was D2. So I had to pick a team. So I really, I picked Miami. So, and the thing was like, with Miami, I always look at, well, I look at ones. Like I look at Alabama. Alabama would kick the living daylights out of Miami right now. So would 
So would Ohio. Like now, Ohio State wouldn't scare me anymore. Last year, Ohio State scared the living daylights out of me. So would Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma and Clemson, which actually kicked the living daylights out of us. So yeah, like you, you see where I, I look at a team through a lens like that as a fan. Like I look at like if they played my team, how dang scared would I be? Yeah. Ohio State last year scared the living daylights out of me. This year, I think if my if like you know Miami had their crap together, I think Miami would win. Like that, there's yeah. no in my mind. Those of the injuries, suspensions, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think yeah, Ohio State definitely not as powerful as they, I guess, have been in the recent years, and it kind of shows when Michigan Ohio State can't be both powerhouses. It seems like at the same time because this past like four or five years, Ohio State's been taking the reign, but now Michigan looks like it's their turn to take their spot. I know. You know what's so funny? It's like Ohio State had – you know, you look back, even like 2000, Ohio State's been running that conference, or at least in the front, for so long. Like even you go back to 2000, 2002 when they knocked off Miami on that BS call with Chris Gamble. Yep. yep. You, you look – or like like Troy, the Troy Smith-Ted Ginn year or like anything under Jim Trestle, now with Urban Meyer, with Ohio State and Cardell Jones, like – in the JT Barrett years, you really want to talk like Ohio State for the last thirteen year, fourteen years has run that conference. I don't want to hear no Penn State or East Lansing, Michigan State <clears> or <throat> Michigan. No, in that garbage conference, it's been run by Ohio State. And now you look at Michigan, who Jimbo, my boy, Captain Khakis, has put together this great team. And like now, I'm kind of like. I'm waiting for like no like yes like like I remember two years ago when that when Urban Meyer like collapsed on the field after that last second overtime win. Yep. I think it was the Jabril Peppers year. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and I was just like, because I, I love Jabril Peppers, so like I was like so hyped for Michigan to be. Oh, he was so much fun to watch. Oh my god, he was awesome, and like the dude did like a backflip after he scored a touchdown. I'm like, in college, nobody does that anymore, and like it was so cool to like look at. But I don't know, I, I look at it like this. I I try to take, you know, I, I try to like look at like I just think Ohio State doesn't scare me anymore, and Michigan and um, Maryland just proved that because sure. Maryland's a garbage program and they literally just took Ohio State to the door. So, yeah. so on to the wait. next one is uh, the one you called and I got wrong. Oh, uh, hook 'em horns! Oh, here we go. Oh. Okay, hook 'em. Yeah, pains so. me to say it, but yep, they uh, that uh, Iowa State team did not look like they knew where they were. I knew Ohio State was the fraud in that con- in that rankings, and I I have been saying it from the start. I did not like them. I thought this was like a lucky pick. Oh, Iowa State hasn't been relevant since Tony Romo was playing quarterback for them, but or when they beat Oklahoma last year. But that was yeah, kind of that is the game. other. One. I forgot they beat Oklahoma, so that was my fault. But I look at it like this. Um, I just I knew Texas Texas as much as they were going to play sloppy because they're still reeling Iowa State just had no shot I, I doubt I, I knew Texas wasn't going to lose another bad game and it, honestly as much as Tom Herman's kind of just like I, I don't even know what kind of how to describe him anymore he's kind of like the Carmelo Anthony of head coaches <laughs> Poor Tom Herman. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, wow. The, even the shirt his wife was wearing was like, wow. Like, I think she was wearing, she wore a shirt that's like, okay, hook him. I'm like, yep. oh. Which is 
crazy because like she just must believe that he didn't do any of those things then <laughs> because yeah, the okay hook him comes from all the, think the happy guy, endings we talked about this last week and do you re- zach smith like he's kind of a scumbag like what oh, do you sure. well so like this dude's like trying to like drag another coach down with him but like maybe to gain favor with urban meyer to get like a like an unpaid like a under the table i don't even know like yeah zach smith also looks insane so, I don't know. I mean, I'll give Tom Herman the benefit of the doubt here. It doesn't help that Tom Herman freaks out the way he does, but, I mean, I still don't – I wouldn't believe a word that comes out of Zach Smith's mouth. So, but yeah. So, uh, I think we're doing three beers down at the six-pack. Yeah, we're, hit, we're hitting these hitting these tall boys hard. Um, yeah. yeah. So, NFL time. First off, Colts-Titans. Whew! Mark is very my, my, yeah because you're I wish I I wish I had I I might have it up you're uh, you said that this was a battle between equal quarterbacks that is the most false statement that has ever been written out of your little fingertips onto the keyboard because Andrew Luck is superior to Marcus Mariota Marcus Mariota actually is blocking I would still take Mariota over Luck oh my gosh when are you gonna learn. Um, I, well, listen, tell the tell Captain Andrew Luck of the Civil War 38th Brigade that it's not going to happen. I will not believe in Andrew Luck. I still think he's overrated. I watched him get smoked by Mariota in college, and he got lucky because Mariota got hurt in, like, the third quarter. All right, you know what? Like, that, that game just stockpiled on him, and the, t- and the Titans have not been playing from behind all year. You look in the Philadelphia game, which was, like, their big win, and they were leading the entire game, and Philly came back. You look at the Dallas game; they were leading the entire way. It, it's and they and Dallas didn't come back. So you want to talk about? I just Tennessee is like the Cowboys of a few years ago. They play great when they can keep the lead because they can give the ball to Henry and Lewis. Mariota can manage the game and throw those little dink and dunk routes to Davis, and then take those shots down the field when the safeties are coming up. Mariota has more raw talent than Luck, but Luck's a better quarterback now. Does that make you happy? No, it makes me actually angrier because the, the Andrew Luck hasn't played in almost two years and he's coming out looking like he's not missed a step. Also, he's one of the 10 best receivers in football, though, so... Oh, I'm sorry. T.Y. Hilton, great. That, that's... I just, right, yo, by the way, shout out to my cousin for dropping him in our family. The guy just grabbed him for peanuts. He dropped him, wow. <laughs> I, but, I mean, I don't know. I just, still I, almost lost. I don't know. Maybe you'll come around on Luck, but it's just... Yeah, I mean, that dude's got to beat Brady and then I'll, I'll like come around with him. Okay. Uh, right. There you go. So he has to do what Nick Foles and Eli Manning could do easily. Um, so the next one up was the Sunday night game Bears and Vikings. And see, I called this. We both did because yep. but here's the thing about Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins struggles against good pass rushes. This, last year against Philadelphia, he was 0 2 because Philadelphia had what, Mark? A pass rush. There you go. And what does the Bears have, Mark? A pass rush. Exactly. Does John Gruden know that? Right. Khalil Mack. And Nakeem Hicks had a great game. But the fact is, you just watch highlight reels of Khalil Mack, who may actually be a superhero, just (laughs) shove linemen over. With one hand. As a former defensive end, it makes me so happy to watch these videos. It's It's like poetry to me. And... I love it because Khalil Mack is a freak, and now that he's not in Oakland, he's in Chicago, a big market. People actually are watching this guy play, and 
I'm starting to see why he's like a top 10 defensive end. Like, oh my God. Like, why is he defensive player of the year? Like, this yeah. guy is insane. And now that he doesn't drop back anymore, all he has to do is rush the passer. It makes him even more dangerous. Yeah. And then it, it, it's crazy because who's going to make Cousins? Because already Cousins shrinks in the prime time. Everyone knows that his record is terrible in prime time. But if you're going to have anybody else make you look smaller in the field, it's definitely going to be Cleo Mack because, God, he is a massive man. He just tosses around 350 pound linemen like it's. They're like feathers, like it's 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 unreal. And then, and then you got Mitch Trubisky running around there playing well. I mean, they almost blew that game at the end, but I still think if Mitch is healthy and he uh, controls the ball and doesn't turn it over, they actually could win some games. The thing is, Trubisky is injured, but he guess he I saw today he's actually supposed to play Thursday against the Lions. Yeah, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, he uh, he he supposedly doesn't need to practice to play. Yeah. Like they're okay with him not practicing all week, but he still can start on Sunday. So Thursday, Thursday, correct. That's right. Thanksgiving game, noon game against Detroit. Um. So, but like honestly, I look at it like this: the Bears played phenomenal. They played a Bears game. That's how the Bears are going to beat you. It's not like everyone's like calling the Bears like last year's Philadelphia. I mean, yeah. this is Philadelphia. Here's the thing: the Bears are on Philadelphia. The Bears beat you with their defense and Mitch Trubisky making smart plays. And yep. they're more like Philadelphia in the playoffs. Yeah. I think they're more of the, the Rams of last year, if anything. Eh, they don't score enough to me. Well, I'm just saying because they're with Nagy and he's a new coach and how he's creative and their defense. Yeah. I mean, uh, just the comparisons. But uh, And then what's this? How are we, how we finishing off this six-pack? With the greatest and highest scoring game I have ever watched in my entire life. Was it 105 points? Lived up to the hype by far. Like, oh my God. I like, you know what's so funny? I last night was like, I got home from work at like eight o'clock. It was a horrible shift. I was ticked off. I'm cracking two yinglings. I'm sitting down on my couch. I'm playing Red Dead. And I have the game on my phone next to me on the couch. And I'm kind of like looking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I pause the game. I start watching the game towards the end. I'm like, like the game fully intensive towards the end. I'm like, oh my God, this game is like amazing. It was, but unfortunately, I'm Mark, you're gonna hate this diss. I'm gonna, it was like watching Big Twelve football. Uh, thank oh. you, thank you. But guess what? What did you say in the beginning of that? It was one of the most entertaining. It was crazy. But the, I said there, there's only one difference between this game and Big Twelve football. There was a pick six and a fumble recovery for touchdown. There was, uh, there was a couple picks. There was uh, multiple oh, fumbles. Oh. There was two strip sacks. For Mahomes had two strip sacks. Uh, Golf had a strip sack that turned into an interception for a touchdown. I mean, that's the only difference. Like the defense scored two, which is not how the Big Twelve functions. But it's just so funny that everyone on the ESPN or whatever you're watching today was like, "Oh, this is the highest scoring game the NFL needs." But then people are like, "I can't even watch Big Twelve football. It's not even football." So I mean, there's some critics out there. Some well, listen, the Big Twelve but... football is still one notch above flag football, but you know. Um... <laughs> As, as an ACC guy who actually like has a team who thrives on defense, you know, it's okay. Our conference actually plays defense, unlike yours, but it's okay. Um, uh, you know, the other thing is like I was so entertained, but I, I said this to my boy today at the gym. I said to him, like, "Listen, the NFL's got a problem because last year the Super Bowl was entertaining, but it shouldn't have been forty-one to thirty-three. And this year, and like the game today, if the Super Bowl is like that, the NFL's got a problem because, like, unfortunately." 
what are you gonna have a seventy-seven to seven, seventy-seven to seventy-seven game, or seventy-seven to seventy uh, to eighty game next year? And the Super Bowl, it's ridiculous. Like the NFL needs to kind of chill with the defensive penalties a little bit. Well, that's the thing. They, the did you hear the um, the refs for that game were all like brand new or something? I I was really amazed with that. Like it was crazy to me because they all got. I saw the report. They all got pulled like a day before. Yeah. I was a little confused. I'm like, all right, why? What's going on here? But that's it's just weird to me. I think the NFL is it's interesting. I, I mean, I would just love to see like a team like the Chargers or a team like the Titans or or um, the Bears. God, but you know, like you know, we'd have some coworkers at Belly Up who would just go crazy. Um, God, that'd be terrible. Um, I want to see a defensive team win. Just stick it to the NFL. Like last year with Philadelphia, that won with defense and a good, like, efficient run offense. I I hate overly scoring games. Yeah, I mean, it's it has its ups and like it's goods and it's bads, but it's like it's after a while, it's like all right, this is just getting ridiculous. Like it was a high score. It was a high score game. My football history. It was one hundred and five total points. Jesus Christ. That is a lot of points. I, 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 I can't even fathom this crap anymore. It's just like, oh, my God. I mean, the only thing that you can say, though, it's like this was the only game that it was okay to do that. I yeah, mean, the Chiefs I mean, and Rams it, were expected it, it to put like, up thousands. If it was like, you know, like the uh, the Denver-San Diego game was like this, I'm like, oh, my. Like, I would have I mean, mind. I mean, you did – your score you predicted was sixty-three to fifty-nine, Chiefs. <laughs> so I mean, you weren't too far off. Just I don't a little too high. Fifty-nine would like happen. So <laughs> <laughs> what do you? Uh, would it have to? Oh, fifty-six. They would have had. They would have had fifty-one, and they would have had to go for two on a touchdown. Jesus Christ! That happened oh. wild. Dude, my brain must have been like somewhere else when I looked at when I looked at pick. Oh man, this is why this is why I should never be sober when I write picks. For this is <laughs> <laughs> the stupidest crap. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so that wraps up our 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 little six pack. And listen, I want to give a quick shout out though, Mark. And you're gonna hate this. My Miami Hurricanes finally got back in the win. It's a bonus seven. If you guys, I don't know if it was it was a it was a three thirty game on ESPN, so it was probably like that like look over game. But the Hurricanes look like their old selves again. They're running the football, scoring a special teams, forcing turnovers, and the Cozy Perry looked great. And then knocked Virginia Tech complete on their butt. And watch for them. I'm not saying this is a big game. I'm saying look, watch out, Pitt. Pitt's twenty fourth ranked this week, and they're in, it's in Miami. Which makes me that humidity in Miami with the with Hard Rock rocking when the Cody Perry playing well. Don't sleep on Miami in this one. I think Pitt's in a trap game right now because they play Clemson next week. They play Clemson two weeks for the ACC. I uh, I think I'm gonna start tallying the 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 Miami bring ups because I'm gonna start taking a shot of something every time you bring up Miami, and I'm gonna be wasted by the end of these podcasts. <laughs> well, I mean, we can't really do a Philadelphia. My coach used to do that when I was at Southern with Philadelphia, but we're both Eagles fans, so that's yeah. why it's hilarious because we can't really do it because we both talk about it. Yeah. All right. So, Mark, I think it's time for uh, your lead segment, the rundown. All right. We are the up now is the rundown. We have around eight or nine things today. We try to mix it up, all things sports, not just football. We're going to go with basketball to start off. 
And Markel Fultz is broken again. Oh my god. He's like he's like that he's like that like, you know, that car you buy at the shop and it's like promised to be this great sports car, but it's a lemon. It's just broken 24/7. You can't get it fixed. Every time you fix it, it's another thing. It's like the car I have now. And you know, it, it just seems like there's something wrong with it. I saw the shoulder injury now and I feel horrible because like this poor guy, he just he can't catch a break anymore. I mean, yeah, and then did you see his attempt to fix his foul shot. I love the, it. The little, the bobble back bobble and forth. Chuck. Yeah, I love it. Like that's that was like the first... best looking foul shot he's taken all year. His shoulder he looks fine too, which is even better. But I mean, it's supposedly his, he's, he's dealing with a lawyer with this whole situation. He doesn't want to be, he's not allowed. Like his lawyer said, he's not allowed to practice or do anything until he gets it all figured out. I don't know, but I'm so yeah, conf- I'm so confused. Like I, NBA makes no sense to me anymore. I miss the old days when Kevin Garnett like broke his finger and went and dunked on like Michael Ola Condi on the Clippers. Like, it, like I miss the old days when like guys actually had like you know toughness and stuff. But you know, I guess those days are long gone. Yeah, and then like I mean, I th- I wonder if it's coincidence with the whole um, Jimmy Butler situation. Jimmy Butler thing. Everyone thinks that might be a little conspiracy there that Fultz is either pissed or something. But I mean, he has no right to have any say in that organization right now. But that's true. He wasn't a role all pick, and he hasn't done anything since. So. Exactly. All right. Um. On to another basketball topic. J.R. Smith and the Cavaliers are just move. done. <laughs> They're done. He's not really a part of the team anymore. He's not going to participate in anything, I'm pretty sure. And they're just looking to trade him now. Do, does he go to the Lakers? Give a second round pick for him. I Who? want it's moving Timberwolves blow so bad. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what would actually be a good fit. if he Because, I mean, if he goes to the Lakers, I'll be like, all right, this is ridiculous. He just goes everywhere LeBron goes. But well, he's LeBron's boy, so like that's why it's hilarious. But I, can you imagine LeBron, Rondo, J.R. Smith, Lance Stevenson, My Tyson Chandler? <laughs> I mean, that would be a crazy squad. They would probably ha- – I mean, I, I just couldn't imagine that That would team. be the funnest team to watch because either they're going to dominate you or they're going to look like absolute idiots when they're playing ball. Well, as I say, that would be one of those teams you watch the bench – reaction after every shot just because they're probably gonna be doing some dumb shit or something clown and like you know and you know what's so funny like this is why i love like Shaq when he's on nba tnt because like he made javel mcgee a star oh yeah yep, yep. <laughs> javel mcgee is my like favorite player not in Timberwolves because he just does stuff that makes me smile yeah i mean especially when he had that little ponytail or whatever the rat tail i don't even know oh, if he still has it anymore you know jalen mills has one of those now too right yeah and, but his is like a weird little like stub it's i don't know i don't know like people are weird all right so, so another topic I... staying basketball your boy you're a john wall guy right i love john wall the whole he and him and that whole wizard organization are they're just unloading they are i think the organization has now come out and said everyone is on the market minnesota for the love of christ please <laughs> trade for John Wall. I love Jeff Teague, but he's a good backup. He's a good backup guard. Put John Wall with Derrick Rose and Towns and Wiggins. That team is going to be so fast. There's nobody going to stop him in the open court. I, I, you know what? Honestly, this whole Washington thing, they were banking that Kevin Durant was going to come home. And honestly, I look at it like this. It failed. Bradley Beal would also be a good acquisition for my Wolves. But, uh, you know, I just think, you know what, now – you know, don't they still have one Morris brother left in that roster? I can't even remember. Yeah, 
Yeah, if, I can I could not tell if, you what his first name is, but Marcus Morris is still on that roster. I think is it him or is Marcus? I think Marcus might be on the Celtics. I think it's Marquise. One of one. I think I thought Marquise was on the Celtics. This is like I said. I only want to guess because we could probably go back and forth until we finally Google it. <laughs> exactly until we Google it. But the thing is, whichever Morris brothers on the on the Celtics on the uh, on the Wizards, that's a good piece. Gortat, my boy, the Polish hammer. He's still there. They no, got- he's gone. Oh, he's gone. Where's he at? Yeah, now? he's he's in he's he might be in the L.A. or the Clippers or something because they have uh, Howard now, Dwight Howard. Oh wow, jeez, I that's supposedly John that's, Wall and Gortat didn't get along. Oh, well, that makes sense because Gortat's kind of a hard out. But um, the by the way, Marcus Morris um is a Celtic. Markeith is a Wizard, and Gortat is on the Clippers. Okay, so. Yeah, I just you know I, this just shows how much I paid attention to the Wizards this year. They're kind of like the, <laughs> the the point of mediocrity in the East. They're like okay, they'll be like a five or six seed every year, but like I think the Wizards have kind of realized with the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Raptors just dominating everybody. There's no point. They're gonna they're gonna have to rebuild and go for something new. I really hope my Timberwolves make a move for one of their guards, either Beal or Wall. I would love to see John Wall and Timberwolves maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, especially now the Bucks are. A- Kind of a powerhouse too, but uh, hey, the box duh. Yeah, I mean, I, all I've heard is Beal. Obviously, everyone like who I mean, Beal would be better for the Lakers and LeBron because he'd have a shooter. But they also talked about the Clippers. Clippers are like oddly they're like, sneaky good, and it's yeah, like, and they're making weird moves. They're talk in talks for moves, which is like has to be Jerry West running that organization so well. He's a, he's a gene. He's a basketball genius, and the thing is, like, yep. you know, everyone's talking about the Lakers and LeBron, and like secretly the Clippers are kind of just like. He enjoyed the fact that for once we're not the center of the spotlight in LA anymore. And they're kind of like, all right, we got this great garden, Lou Williams. We've got, we got all this great stuff here. We got all these little guys, these pieces. Now let's get a superstar in here and we'll be good. And cause like secretly, like, I don't think they're going to be like as high as they are ranked right now in the West. I think, you know, Minnesota, then they got rid of Butler. They're going to climb up the ladder. Memphis is going to be there at the end of the year. Yeah. LA is going to catch up the other LA team. Yeah, I think the Clippers right now are kind of like in the seed. Like they make an eight seed because like they are legit, like a good team, and they're playing good without a superstar. And it's kind yep. of, I think, like basketball is the most unpredictable sport ever, besides the Warriors. That is, yeah, it's it's unpredictable until the finals. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so our next uh, one-two punch. This is amazing. So week one we had hockey, very rare topic. Now we're going to talk about some major league baseball. Yes. And how James Paxton, a young pitcher from the Mariners, was just traded to the Yankees. Yankees are making a, which is a very strange trade to me because I like for Yankees in the offseason, I was expecting them to make the move for Machado or Harper. But I mean, Paxton supposedly, I don't, I don't really know much too much about him, but he's supposedly a good young talent. He's a solid pitcher. He's he's just a good innings eater. He throws he throws strikes. He strikes guys out. He's a solid guy, and honestly, I, I I saw the trade yesterday, and it fits what they want to do with Severino and Tanaka. This makes me happy as a Diamondbacks fan because now they may not make a run at Corbin, which makes me so happy because yeah. I, we need him back if the Diamondbacks want to make one last run before Goldschmidt either goes to free agency or they got to give him half the farm just to stay on the team. Anyway, like I, I, I love baseball, so don't don't take it wrong. He's a Phillies fan, so he's been suffering for like thir- except for their one title. So for me, I, I love baseball. 
But you know what? This is crazy to me because I thought I saw the pick and I'm like, all right, so yeah, New York got their third pitcher. That's great. Because you know what? Somebody's got to knock the Red Sox off. Because God, if there's another Red Sox title, I'm going to lose. Oh. I mean, I've only known Jordan, a coworker <laughs> of ours, for for as long as I have now, and I've never met him in person. But man, is he a Red Sox homer and a half? And if you're listening, Jordan. I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sorry to Jordan. We we appreciate the logo you did for us, boy. But you know we we hate your Boston homerism. Great, great logo. But listen, I've got I've got family that are Red Sox fans. I got exes that are Red Sox fans, and I've got coworkers that are Red Sox fans. All yeah. of them are terrible. Yep. So now that we've got baseball out of the way, we're going to go to another topic that I don't think we might ever talk about, but that is golf. Yes. Yes. Golf is back, and it is better than ever. This Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, when is the perfect time for them to do it, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson have the battle of $10 million on the line, and it should be electric. It's pay-per-view, mic'd up. I might not be able to watch it because I think I am going to be tailgating for the West Virginia game. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how this goes. I will not be able to either because I'll be in Jersey, but uh, visiting family. But... It's gonna be crazy. I, I I'm excited for this because I love Tiger. Like when I was growing up, like I loved watching Tiger Woods play golf. Absolutely. And like it made me actually give a crap about golf. And then the second he, then the whole thing with Elon happened, and you know, it's like you know whatever his personal life. It's not really any. Anyone wants to play the moral high card? I'm gonna quote my coworker and say everyone's got skeletons in their closet. So everyone should get off their high horse. But I love Tiger Woods growing up. He's one of my favorite athletes to watch. And the best thing to me is that like. Now he's back. He's won his major. He's kicking, and it makes me so happy to see this and to see him and Phil go at it one last time. And this time it's pay per view. It's mic'd up. Oh my god! I really hope I post that highlight to this because I will watch this for days. Well, did you see their uh, little side bet they already put out there? I didn't even see this one. What is it? <laughs> they Phil was like, "I'll bet." I bet he said, "I'll bet Tiger a hundred hundred k." That he birdies the first hole, that Phil birdies the first hole, and Tiger goes 200K and you got a deal. So now if they just put 200K on the line for the uh, first person to birdie hole, or like it's like the first hole who birdies it, I was like, I, I'll take a one of those 100Ks. Just like, I'll, I'll try. Like, I'll, I'll do it for 100K, see if I can get a birdie. Like, that is just ridiculous that you can just toss around money like that. It, it crack, it honestly cracks me up that like, legitimately <laughs> they're talking about you know like toss on the money this but you know i'm honest i'm all for this i am buying this i am taking it i honestly if i wasn't like visiting family and hanging out on friday i would totally crack open a six-pack and just watch this i would do oh, for it. sure well, i'm not a big golf guy either i love playing golf but my play golf is to smoke a cigar rip about five or five to ten beers and a couple shots and just go crazy Yep. That's how I used to play golf. But you know what? Like, this is great. I would totally want this. Yeah. And the, the, the mic'd up things that they're going to capture. I hope they, I wish it was, I hope, I mean, it's pay per view. Maybe they'll let them say whatever, but uh, I don't know. I'm interested. But so now that we had our fun with golf and baseball, as some people would say, back to real sports, even though I'd have to disagree with them, but uh, back to college football. Uh, rumor has it that Clay Helton, the current coach, of the USC Trojans will be actually coming back next year. What are your thoughts on that? Because USC has been struggling. I mean, you know technically what? ever since Pete Carroll, but I mean. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the problem. Pete Carroll kind of ran a very 
interesting organization with USC. And I look at it like this. Clay Helton's done the best job possible with what he's got. The Pac-12 is a dying conference. It's it, They haven't produced a good winner besides Washington since Chip Kelly left Oregon. Mark Helfrich was a joke. And the thing is to me that when he coached for them, when they had Mariota for the last two years, and they lost to Ohio State in the national title. And the thing is to me, I see it more and more. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the head coach of Stanford, whose name escapes me right now. I'm waiting for him to leave. What is his name? Oh, I, I got it. Just keep keep going. <laughs> yeah, so I'm waiting for him to leave. Uh, and the thing is, Washington is just going to constantly – David Shaw. David Shaw. David Shaw. Yeah, exactly. I'm waiting for David Shaw to go to the NFL and take an offensive coordinator job or something because that conference is dying. Washington wins every year, and it's boring as hell. Except for this year, you got Wazoo, Washington State's now creeping around. Leach, who can't like seem to get anything right, but apparently somehow he's gotten this team semi alive. I he's got a quarterback that's putting up crazy numbers. Exactly for now, until you know he plays like actually a good defense. But yep, you know how much I love Pac-12 football. But um, I, I just, for me, I look at it like this. Clay Helton's your best bet right now. Nobody, it's not like in the old days where everyone's like, oh my God, the USC job's open. No. Yep. Like the real good jobs are Alabama, LSU, um, Notre Dame. Now that Brian Kelly's resurrected that program, I would even say um, Clemson. I mean, you could toss in Oklahoma there. Yeah, I know. I get what you're saying. I mean, like it's the, definitely, it's definitely. Uh, Pac-12 is a struggle with U- yeah. USC, but the problem is that supposedly there's so much talent that comes out of the state of California. It's like, how can you not get these guys to stay there? I mean, supposedly this year, uh, I think that's another reason why Clay Hilton might stay. Is I mean, you got JT Daniels and Jack Sears, these two quarterbacks in USC right now, and it's like they're supposed to be these pretty good talents that are going to, I mean, they're both young. So, I mean, maybe they want to keep around because they don't want to lose these young kids that supposedly are there that they expect much out of. I don't know. But, I mean, he's got a big game this weekend against Notre Dame that might save his fate if they upset them. But we'll see. Could you imagine the pandemonium that would happen if Notre Dame got knocked off this week? Well, I think in the column coming up uh, this week, I – said that it's going to be closer than people think because there's kind of history with USC and Notre Dame. I mean, it goes back to the Reggie Bush push back in the day. Like, there's oh, always been – there's always been that little rivalry that, like, it shouldn't be there because USC for the most recent time is like, won. But, I mean, it's uh, – I don't know. But, uh, so, yeah, on to the next. <laughs> How about the little uh, hiccup today – or not today, this past week in the news with uh, Condoleezza Rice with the <laughs> – Brown's possibility of a head coach, supposedly it was like a, she knows she's not going to get the job, but the fact that it was even a topic is just wild to me. You know what's it, it, it so funny to me is like I saw that headline, and shout out to our boy CERN, who pumped out two articles within like 20 minutes. He really did. Dude, this guy, I see him pump out like two articles a day, and I'm like, oh my god, I wish I had your free time. But I see this in the thing, or at least like the amount of like speed it takes to pump it out. But anyway, he covered this perfectly. I loved, I loved the headline to me though was so funny because I saw it on ESPN. I'm like, oh god, and I wasn't even surprised. I was just kind of like, oh, 
I mean, I thought about it. I actually legit thought about it because I'm like, Cleveland would do this. It's There's like, no way. Yeah, no I know. Shot. It would be a, if any team was going to do this, it would be the Cleveland Browns. I don't think any team, like, you can't, I mean, there's, like, I understand, like, she's a huge Browns fan her whole life, and she, I mean, she might have some good, like, experience in something that's not coaching that's, like, good just to get feedback on and, like, for the interview and see how things go. Like, I'm not, I don't mind her even talking to the organization, but, like, there's no way in the world. I mean, girls uh, coaches now in the NBA, like, I know a lot of girls that Becky know. Becky Hammond, shout out. Exactly. Like, they're there will be a girls NBA coach. I have a feeling that's going to happen within like five years, but for a girl to coach the NBA or NFL and it to be Condoleezza Rice, I'm like, there's who would like with no disrespect, who would actually like respect her as a player? Like, it's not even like an intentional disrespect, but it'd be like, I don't know how I'm supposed to listen to you. Tell me what to do when I don't know if you have any idea what you're talking about, but you might, I mean, I, I just can't, I, there's no way, especially not Condoleezza Rice. I just think somebody else, there has to be somebody else, but yeah. yeah I understand. I, I look at it like this. I'm like, it's just so Cleveland for this even to be a topic. Yes. And I don't even know where I thought about this because like it's been blown dead, and now like you know Cleveland's like, oh, we're just kidding. I don't even know what Cleveland's response to this whole thing was, but I, I just think this is just like you know Cleveland just finding another way to find itself in the news cycle. Yeah, it's like now that they're not the worst team. In the league. Oh, let's just talk about hiring this woman to hire to coach our team. And like, oh, by the way, just get back and watch. Alex Hugh Jackson, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, next topic is a sad topic for uh, Alex Smith. He broke his leg and it was pretty gross. But the crazy part is, is that Joe Theismann, 30 year anniversary of Joe Theismann, and he was there. Oh God! He was at the stadium. Like that is just some bad. Like I, oh. I am a firm believer. Mark, Mark's learned this, and all my friends know this too. I am the most superstitious guy in the world. I had a voodoo bracelet for a couple months that I got in New Orleans while I was down there, and I chucked that thing off my property as far as like because I thought our family was cursed for me having it. I am a firm believer in luck and bad voodoo and all that crap. And the thing firm, is, a firm believer in luck is all I heard. <laughs> Andrew Luck. Shut up. Shut up. Stop taking your cherry shots. Just deal with it. Stafford's better. Um, I, I looked at it. I'm like, oh, my God. I saw the injury. And I'm like, my first thought was, oh, my God, the Eagles and Cowboys still have a chance. And then the second thought was, oh, my God, poor Alex Smith. That guy probably can't walk for the next two years. Yeah, I I, I, watch, I watched it, and I just see his leg just flopping around. I was like, oh, my gosh. Supposedly the damage is actually pretty bad. He got the surgery already, but and it just makes it all sweeter that the Sanchez is back in action. Oh my god! I saw that high. I saw that headline. I'm like, oh my god! Mark Sanchez is back in Colt McCoy. There is a god in this world because you know, me and Mark had to suffer as our Eagles choked away a four game lead to the Cowboys in 2011. Or was it 2000? No, it was two. Was it no? It was 2014. I couldn't. Even, I couldn't even tell you. It was 2014. Shady's last year of Philadelphia. They choked away a four-game lead and lost the division and didn't even make the playoffs at 10-6 and six because, because Chip Kelly put Mark Sanchez in instead of keeping Michael Vick like he should have, and Mark Sanchez choked away four games in a row. 
He might as well have been in the Cowboys' payroll because he's playing like it. <laughs> I pray to God, for some reason, Mark Sanchez starts against Philadelphia because I want to see Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox crunch him because they were both on that team, by the way. Yeah. See them crunch him like a sandwich and drop him. Yeah. I mean, the, the supposedly the only reason why he came back to that team is because there's a couple assistants, blah, blah, blah. Still funny. I mean, Colt McCoy, I hope he does well. I thought he's never really had a fair shot in the league, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, we have two more. The last one kind of goes one hand in hand. The college football playoff uh, was released about an hour before we started recording. I'm just going to riddle off the top ten. You have Ohio State stayed put at 10. I was kind of surprised. Uh, UCF did jump into the top 10. They are ranked ninth. Wow. Washington State, 8. LSU, 7. Oklahoma, 6. Georgia, 5. Michigan, 4. Notre Dame, 3. Clemson, 2. And Alabama, 1. Nothing changed, literally, other than West Virginia is not in the 9 spot and UCF is. Well, unfortunately, your Mountaineers took a, took a little L. On they the took a doo-doo on all of our fans and everything we have ever waited for and just had it crash and burn. And the best we can do is win the Big 12, but I could go on a rant about that. But I already am upset. I was already upset. I'm over it. I'm going to go to Morgantown this weekend after Thanksgiving and drink my sorrows away and probably end up losing to Oklahoma, but we'll see. I will be watching that game, and I'll be praying for you, dude. Uh, oh. Honestly... I, uh, as some guy who's going to have to watch the AC Championship game and not see their team in it because we choked away our, our cakewalk shot into it. Um, t- to be fair, the ACC Coastal is a joke division. If Miami doesn't win it every year, it is an actual joke. So that's why I'm a little salty this year. Um, you can take a shot now if you want. Um, <laughs> I, so I, I, I get it, and I, I look at it like this. I like the top 10. I still don't think UCF is that good of a roster. I think they're still like – I think have, they could compete with LSU, honestly. I, yeah, I mean LSU now. LSU being the year before their quarterback got rattled, I think they would have yeah. I just think that the fact that they're sitting there at seven, it's like just get them out of there. Like they can't go up. They don't like – I don't know. They're in like but, yeah. stuck there. They're in like purgatory. Yeah. And then um, last but not least, because, uh, you know, can't leave a topic without – Another Ohio State uh, can't leave a rundown with another Ohio State topic. Is Urban Meyer going to fake a death just to get past this season? Because I saw I was I was watching the herd, and he said he has two good sources that says Urban's out after the season, no matter what. I mean, he's freaking out on the sidelines. His hands are on his knees after any any bad play. The man looks like he's about to have a heart attack. Well, I mean, he almost had that condition when he was in Florida. We talked yeah, about but it, he just does and this, and then he, he does well, and he's fine. He does poor, and he's bad. It's like, it's crazy. He can't handle losing. And it's so, and I mean, you know, he this happened at Utah. This happened to Florida. And now it's happening at uh, Ohio State. And I look at it like this. I, I, I'm trying to understand this. His, his grip on the Big 12 is over. He got beat by Jimbo. And it's no, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. If he wins, if he beats Michigan, you, you all those sources that Cowherd's got might like disappear into the wind. I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> I agree. So I'm kind of looking at it like this, like uh, I, I believe when I see it, I still think he's going to be head coach next year. Who'll be wrong? Yeah, I mean, if he's out of there, I mean, 
the Big Ten is going to be even more mess than it is. But yeah, all right. So yeah, that wraps up Week Twelve like rundown. Snake even more of ammunition to write those anti Big Ten articles. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so that wraps up Week Twelve rundown. What are we up next with? Are we up with the report card? We are in with report cards. This is my. This is a little segment I added in because you know there's just not enough me in this podcast. Um, never, never enough. Never enough, Jared. Come on, the world doesn't have enough me. If there's more me, there won't be a better place. Um, so first, this is where I tell Mark five topics. We grade them and we make the average and we roll with it. First off, me and Mark's offensive coordinator, Mister Mike Roth. I give him a triple F minus, and I actually am kicking him out of college. Kicking him out of college. I mean, I wouldn't even let him into the university or I, college. I, honestly, or I, I would put him up on charges of fraud because this is atrocious. I mean, I'm going to give him a D minus just because an F is just like – an F means I didn't look into it enough. A D is like, oh, I graded you, and you were actually bad. Like, no, I, no, no, I like look a, into this, and I am disgusted. You have a top five quarterback. You have a decent offensive line. You have a top ten wide receiver, and you have a top three tight end, and you can't score more than seven points against the New Orleans Saints, whose defense is not as good as everyone thinks it is. Yes. This is atrocious. I think the only problem, the reason why I don't give him this complete F. What was that? I'm sorry. I hope he's fired by week 14. I am sick of this crap. Well, see, the problem is that, one, he was a receivers coach that got thrown in there. We should have had DeFilippo. That's unfortunate that we lost him. It was either him or Deuce. I mean, if he beat out Deuce, that means Deuce's idea wasn't very good either. He's probably trying to run the football every five plays. Correct. But then the problem is, like, I understand he's offense coordinator, but Doug's the one that's really in charge of all of the play calling. So I'm kind of curious. I mean, I, I mean, he's not doing well, but the fact that he came out, I think it was 94 WIP for uh, Philly today, and said that he's having he's is a challenge integrating uh, Golden Tate into the offense. Like that's your job to be good Dude, at figuring Golden that out. Golden Tate is one of the probably best yard after catch receivers of all time, and the fact is. This makes Carson's job easier because all you have to do is take a two-step drop, whip it out to the sideline, and let Golden Tate run. It's not hard. You have a deep threat in Nelson Aguilar. You have one of the best big-bided receivers in probably the last 20 years in Alshon Jeffrey. And you have probably one of the best tight ends that the world's ever seen in Zach Ertz. And yet you still can't figure this out. It's not a hard puzzle to figure out how to get Golden Tate in the offense. If I could sit down sober and write up plays for Golden Tate, you should be able to do it too. And yep. that's the problem. And I think he's so – I think there's just – he just wasn't ready for this role. And I think not, a, he, not even a little bit. I mean, it's just like uh, what worked last year for us with Reich here, it was quick passes. And that's exactly what Golden Tate's here for is quick passes. So it's like, oh, we want to go back to what we were good at last year, integrate the quick passes, and Golden Tate will be fine. It's just, you know what's so funny? Uh, we could be talking about this differently next week. If we smoked the Giants by 40 – we could be talking completely different. Or if we lose to the Giants, I'm going to say, like, you know, like, fire, Groth. I mean, I feel bad for Jim Schwartz. The poor guy literally hasn't caught a break with injuries this year. Like, yeah. that defense he had rolling last year, like, nobody's available except for Jordan Hicks. Like, he got Hicks back, but he lost, like, everyone else. And it's, it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they could beat the Giants next week 40 to nothing, and I'm still not going to think the Eagles are really that good. But I, You well, know what? The, the best part is because Smith's gone and because the Cowboys only beat us because our secondary was literally – Mark, you and me probably could have started out there. <laughs> I honestly think we're fine. We're, we still have a, we're, we still have a playoff shot. 
But the thing is, like, we're not Dude. take out New Orleans, and if we exactly do, if we do take out LA, it's going to be because Jake LA is going to hit a moonshot field goal at the final second. It's but not even after even after watching that Chiefs game. It's like I understand the Chiefs defense is probably worse than ours, but. I don't think we're stopping that Rams offense, and I don't think we're. They're going to do just what the Saints did, not as bad, maybe. But I don't know if I want to make the playoffs this year just because it's going to be. Oh, we get our hopes up, and we're going to lose in the first round. And, but you know, the one thing about the playoffs though is teams change in the playoffs. The Rams lost in the first round last year because legitimately, golf wasn't ready, and it's going to be happen. Like I, I'm, I know how having a breeze, but. I'm waiting to see, you know, the playoffs is just a whole different animal. I don't even like talking playoffs until we're actually in the playoffs because you see the guys who've been there before, they play better, and the guys who've never been there before make dumb mistakes early. Yeah. And that's what's crazy. So that's why, I, you know what, let's let's see if we can get in the playoffs. I think Philadelphia 9-7, 10-6 could easily get in. I don't know. I think this is our this is our humbleizing this is our humble year that kind of brings everyone down to earth and now we go on the how we let Howie do his work in the off season we let him go get Jalen Ramsey and you know maybe go get Le'Veon Bell or you know it's just like big yeah. that what Howie's known for and you know what we get everything ready to go next year we go fifteen and one we knock the living daylights out of everyone. All right, you know what? Like that's why I'm not. That's why you don't see me like losing my hair. I was so ticked off that Sunday night, but I remember Monday morning I woke up like, wait, it's Howie Roseman. We're fine. It's oh not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried. Like long term, I just think the roster. we're fine. Exactly. It's we're good. All right. So we obviously we could talk about that forever, but yeah. this report card needs some grading. Oh god, I feel horrible. We went on the Eagles run for like 20 minutes. All right. Next one up is Sixers and Timberwolves. Now, this is interesting to us because Mark is a Sixers fan. I am a Timberwolves fan. The Jimmy Butler trade happened about two weeks ago. And first off, my Timberwolves are 3-1 and one since this trade went down. Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins have somehow been found. They've been missing in action for a year. And then somehow Wiggins is posterizing dudes again. Towns is stuffing everybody and making crazy putback dunks. And Minnesota is beating teams they should beat. So, right now, I'm giving the Timberwolves an A because Robert Covington is a great fit for that team. He shoots the occasional three, plays good wing defense, and gets an alley dunk from uh, Tyus Jones or Jeff Teague. He fits our role perfectly, and Saric is just, you know, he's a grinder down low, and he fits our team perfectly. I'm giving the 76ers an A-. minus. I love Jimmy Butler and that team. He's a grinder. He's dirt. He's like he's a dirty, getting down and like getting feisty kind of player. He's a good defender. He doesn't not have any problem taking the clutch shots we saw last night, and he fits that team's persona. Does he solve their problems? No. Does he add more firepower? Yes. So that's why I give him the A minus. I think both teams won in this trade. I'm actually writing an article about this right now. Check it out. It should be up by Saturday. Because it takes me apparently three days to write a column like this, and <laughs> it's the holidays. Do you have an excuse, dude? I just I get so picky. Like I literally get so like nitpicky about what I put in my articles. Like I used to just bang stuff out in college. Now, because this is actually stuff I care about, I get so in particular about what I write. I honestly, if I really just didn't care, I probably could punch out about three articles a day. But now I actually give a crap, and I actually get so nitpicky, and I even like care about how my sentences sound. Exactly. I'm like three days to write an article, so. Which isn't good, but I mean, quality I would, over quantity. 
Yeah, exactly. So I look at it like this. I just think both teams won. I think Minnesota, from what they needed, they needed pieces. They did not need another star. They didn't need draft picks. The draft pick days are behind them. They have two stars. They needed pieces. They possibly have a third star because apparently Derrick Rose has come back from the dead. So I like what Minnesota did. It's the best best um, scenario for them, and they did great with it. I'm going to go with – Sixers B on the dot just because I even though I mean yeah Butler's now we lost the first game which it's okay the chemistry's gonna build I mean he seems like he's gonna be a good fit I just think that we don't have as like as much depth right now so long term I still think they're a top three team in the East I think they're it's I just don't think it's gonna get us I mean th- with the Bucks surging the Raptors with uh, Kawhi Celtics I mean they're struggling but I'm sure they're gonna figure it out I don't think it's gonna get us. That over the edge, so a B is just being generous, and I'm going to go a B with the Timberwolves wise because I also think, yeah, I mean, you guys got some more depth and you got more pieces and you got rid of a cancer with Jimmy Butler there, but I also think that this run, I mean, I don't think you guys are going to stay as hot as you are after he's left. I think, I mean, you guys are just all excited. The Timberwolves are excited because, oh, they got the guy out of there. Now they can play their ball, but I don't know if that will last. But So B's all around for both sides. I think it was a fair trade, but I don't think it's crucial to both of their seasons. I think this is actually more crucial to Minnesota than it is Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia loaded up, but it's not going to change where they're staying. I think Boston and Toronto are still better teams, but I think this still allows them to be just a more solidified team. Now with Markov Fultz out there, they needed Butler. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, I think that with Minnesota, this allows Towns to kind of re-resume. Towns wings to resume their growing up process where they had a year stunting when they literally had to wait for Jimmy Butler. And I, I was writing about this today. And honestly, to me, I, I, when, when they got Butler, I was a little upset because I like Jimmy Butler, but he didn't solve any of the issues we had. We needed three-point shooting. We needed depth at the, at the big. And the only problem we solved with Butler is we got perimeter defense. Yep. But, like, he doesn't – and the thing is, him and Wiggins are the same style of player, and Wiggins receded to the fact where he barely scored 10 points a game. Now Wiggins is back, even with Rose scoring, like, 20 points off the bench. Townsend and Wiggins are still both throwing up about, about 20, 16, 25 pointers, and Wiggins is back to attacking the basket, and Towns is – playing Carl Anthony Towns basketball. He had 16 rebounds in the first half the other day. By, by, the, by itself, that's just a Carl Anthony Towns game. I love it. I think that as a Timberwolves fan, I will tell you right now, when I saw Butler got traded, I saw who we got for him. I'm like, okay, we did okay. I love this trade. Get that jet guy out of here. And it just the vibe just feels differently in Minnesota. It feels like it did – when Butler was there, we were winning earlier in the year before all the problems started happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Next Topic up. Number three. Kevin Durant. Now, if you guys didn't see this, you guys follow me on Facebook. And I'm actually going to, by the way, first of all, I, I appreciate all y'all following us on Twitter. It's great at the Corner Booth Pod. But also follow me and Mark on Twitter at Mark Riley with two ones. No, it's, it's, it's just been updated. I changed oh. it. It's I Mark. Made the, I made the, it is it is belly up Riley. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, so I'm with the last name just because I don't want there to be any confusion, and then the mark with the C is all confusing. So yeah, yeah. And then I am uh, belly up Jared because you know my name is just so individual. I don't have to worry about anybody. So 
follow us because I was tweeting about this and I talked about it on Facebook as well. Kevin Durant got caught. He, I don't know what happened. Guy was heckling him in the stands, walks over and yells, shut the F up with this dude in the stands. And as I am the big, and Mark will say is I am the biggest Kevin Durant hater on the planet. I think he ruined the NBA for the last two years. I honestly, if I saw him, I'd probably punch him square in the jaw. And I, I loved him in Oklahoma state. That's why I hate that he did this and he lost all respect for me. And I became such a big Westbrook fan after this because I just can't stand Durant. I think he ruined basketball for everybody. LeBron, he made he made me heroize LeBron, and I couldn't stand LeBron until Durant went to the Golden State Warriors. So, honestly, what are you, what are you going with? I'm giving him a D minus because it's hilarious. This plays into everything. That Kevin Durant is, he is weak in the inside. He has no spine. He takes everything so seriously. He's got paper skin. I give the fan an A+. This guy told you what it is. I don't even know what he said to Durant, but I'm giving him an A+. Unless he said something racist, and then uh, I I, I recant that grade. But amazing to me. I love this. This was so funny. I give the whole situation an A+. Because I literally got a great laugh this morning when I saw this. So Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. Because I'm going to go, A, with the whole situation. I love it. I love how easy it is for people to get under his skin. I just love how he reacts every time. Like, to so- tell the guy to shut the F up and just watch the F in game. Like, I just love that he feels like he is a better person slash he feels better about himself when he goes and does, does that stuff. But I love it. It just keeps, he keeps making him be the baby back B word that he is. And I don't know. I think it's an A all around. Good for the fan for getting under his skin. I want to score with Terry Crews so bad right now, but I'm, I'm going to hold off on it. Cause we did a lot of cursing on last week's episode. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, it just cracks me up, man. And I, I, you know, I just, it's, we're both on the same page here. Like this is yep. serious. And I, 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 I hope it. he does it all the time. I mean, it's, and then he might get to the point where he just overdoes it and people aren't even excited about it anymore. And people like, I, he might actually like turn the run our test and go slug somebody in the site. In the south. No way. He spits out beer. He's not slugging anybody. That's true. All right. Next up. This is a sad day in baseball. I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a great career has ended today. Adrian Beltre, 21 years in the bigs. The only LA Dodger I actually have liked in my entire life is retiring today. I am so sad. I think I, I think Elvis Andrews is crying in his dugout right now because now whose head is he going to touch every time he hits a home run? I, you know, Adrian Beltre taught me that it's okay to swing for my knees, swing to my knees for a home run ball. And just, I literally watched Beltre as a kid and I watched him swing out of his shoes on, on fastballs and I replicated it. And I love Beltre. He played the game so well. He was such a good hitter. He just did things the right way. You never saw him in the news for anything stupid. He did it right. He was never busted for roids. And he was truly one of the good guys in baseball. And he just had fun. And 21 years in the bigs. And he did it great his entire career. I, I'm, I, I got to give nothing but respect. A-plus to Adrian Beltre for an amazing career. And I am so happy to see him like kind of like just – I hope he should be a Hall of Famer. His numbers are just so good, and this makes me so happy. 
And I, 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 the only thing that would make this better is he played for a Diamondbacks for a year. Like, that's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go A-plus as well. I mean, great career, consistent hitter, one of the most entertaining players with the helmet or even, like, the little antics you'd have on the field. You always can catch a nice little video of him when he messes with the other players on the field or umpires. Definitely A-plus. I don't – he never ended up winning a World Series, did he? I don't think he ever did. I, say, he didn't, I don't think he won with the Dodgers, Seattle, no. And then he had a chance in, uh, with, with the Texas, but, I mean, they blew that one. But, yeah, I mean, great career, definitely A-plus. Anyone that says otherwise is just twenty years, man. Like, that just, that just shows you how baseball And he, could have, he probably could have kept playing. He had – At least one or two more years. Oh, yeah, and it's it's crazy to me. Like, I, I love that he – he probably could play another year or two as a TH, but I think he's, his body's just done – yeah. Normal people who don't shove steroids in their bodies, their body usually runs out around 42, 43 anyway. So good for Beltray. A great, amazing career. And I, I, I'm very happy to say that I watched him play, and I am so happy to see this. And last, we have two more topics. We're going to talk college football rankings. I give it a B plus. Honestly, it's the same rankings besides, you know, West Virginia leaving and South, Central Florida going in. I look at it like this. I I'm I'm like eh. I still don't think Notre Dame is going to stand a chance with like Clemson or a- Alabama. I think Michigan's got a better chance of doing some damage, but whatever we'll see next week when they play uh, Ohio State. I honestly I look at this so I'm kind of like eh. I I need to see. I just don't trust Notre Dame. I need to see uh, Michigan finally get that last devil off their back and. Clemson, Alabama, you know what you get. Yeah. I'm going to go actually a little surprise, surprise here and give them a C. I know a lot, not a lot changed, um, but if you look at the whole top 25, I think it's a little crazy. I mean, Iowa State stayed in at 25 with four losses. Um, I don't know why Washington State, I understand that Pac-12 is terrible, but LSU at seven really like irks my nerves. Um, Penn State ahead of West Virginia bothers me. Florida at 11 bothers me i mean they're they're just so inconsistent after this like top four which shouldn't actually matter but i mean they have one more like they don't have to look at the top four everything even top six is never going to change until something happens so at least make the top the rest of the top 25 better give it a c for usc <laughs> yeah or like i just i just don't understand the committee every year They'd never seem like to get it right, so I'm going to keep hating on them, give them a C. And we were giving out too many good grades, so I wanted to shake it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I looked at this, I'm like, eh, what am I going to do? Uh, yeah. I can't really, I mean, you know, Tua makes that Alabama team a stop bull, and of course Clemson. Hey, 10-10 at half. I mean, Clemson just absolutely blew less than like, you know, everyone has a slip of game, and then Clemson just, after the Texas A&M thing, just caught their stride again is smoking teams all over makes me so happy because you know what when they beat boston college i was like okay good world's back to normal um last but not least we're actually doing a sixth one this week just because like i had to do a little shout out and yes mark get another shot going sixth on the list in the cozy perry and the miami hurricanes oh my god it feels good to be back in the wind column after four straight losses perry this is what happens when mark rick actually plays actually lets perry play football and I know, Mark, you didn't really watch the game because you, of course, you West Virginia. So it just seemed like the game was more – they were playing more aggressive. They were utilizing all their backs. They were allowing their defense to make plays. 
it was like a cloud had lifted over Miami for the past four weeks because they were playing so conservative with Perry under center. And now Mark Rick just kind of chucked that to me. He's like, I'm going to let my freshman throw the ball. And Miami looked actually like a, a legit ranked team like they were in the beginning of the season, which made me so happy. They looked like they did in the second half against Florida State. That's what they looked like. And Or North Carolina when they smoked them by 40. So long ago, it feels like. But I was I, I gotta give Miami an A minus here. Perry an A minus and the Miami defense special teams an A minus an A plus because the team looked great. Virginia Tech without guns from the they second they scored a second touchdown, which was like on a fluke like punt that just went weird and never, I mean they got a couple yardage and they got down in the end zone on off on an off color run, on an off tackle run, but after that Miami just looked better. Jeff Thomas reemerged as he should have been. It, the, the team just looked better. And I, I got to give a shout out to my Hurricanes because they came out and they played phenomenal. And now they take on Duke next weekend. I mean, not Duke, uh, Pitt and hit 24, ranked 24. I know. And you know what? This kind of screams a little bit. Last year when Pitt was, uh, Miami was ranked number two in the nation and Pitt walked in and knocked them off. I don't know. It's in Miami. So we'll see what happens. We'll so that is our that is our report card. Uh, I think I won that one, but there's no way to keep score this week. I think we get our our uh, a moderator in here. We'll get a better uh, go. Of I don't. That. Th- you can't. You can't. I mean, I don't think there's a winner or loser in the report card. I just win because I'm better. Oh god. What <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put O four next to my name now? No, Mark always losing. Riley. Mark always. Yeah, we'll just change my. I was gonna change always my handle take, every week. Just change Mark something different. L's Riley. <laughs> That's what we should do. We should do a poll and or uh, a questionnaire or something, and be like, "What should my Twitter handle be?" And so I'll keep changing. What should Mark's Twitter handle be? Mark, uh, we probably get some crazy responses. Mark always taking L's, Riley. Mark West Virginia will never win a national title, Riley. Um, Jared Miami will never be back, Lynn. <laughs> silence. <laughs> All, All right. right. All right. Now we got. Now we're into the games. So look forward to this week. This is where we look forward to all the games coming forward. First off, in next week in college ball. Now, we're only going to do a couple. We don't, this is where we do about eight games, four for each, just because, you know, we don't waste all y'all time too much. Yeah, we'll make this one quick because we have we are, a decent amount of time, but we uh, will make this one quick. All right, so Oklahoma, West Virginia, of course. Mark will be at that game. Oof. I don't think he'll be coherent, but he'll be at that game. Uh, um, eight o'clock game on Friday. Oh, man, that's going to be a crazy uh, – I have no faith, honestly. <laughs> as terrible as that sounds, I I'm nervous. West Virginia in this game, and, and you're going to laugh your ass off. I just think, I just, you know, Oklahoma has not put themselves at a high enough level where I think they're above an upset. That's why I'm thinking. I think West Virginia's got a solid shot here. Yeah, I just think that I don't know. I'm, it all depends on West Virginia's team mentality. If they want to, because if they win this game, they play most likely Texas in the Big 12 championship, which would be fun to do but if they lose this then it's just like oh i mean i, don't, I just don't know if their heads are going to be in it i mean because they miss now their chance to possibly the playoff but it's going to be if it's anything like the last week's game it might be uh it might be a 60 to 60 game like it's going to be ridiculous it's going to be so high scoring I, I, I think if you play corner for alabama you might as well be a Packers squad guy on any other roster but or i mean oklahoma or west virginia or any big 12 roster but um yeah, I don't know. We're going to see. Uh, Pac-12, we got the Civil War up there in uh, Washington. And uh, I 
I am really leaning toward the, the the Huskies here. My cousin, she's a she's a UW student right now, and I I just I I want to give her a dog because like just something about this just screams an upset. Well, it's it's at Washington State, which doesn't help the Huskies. I'm gonna continue. To stick. I for some oh, reason game the forecast is 43 degrees and raining, which helps Washington. Yeah. I don't know. I for some reason have this. I just don't believe in Washington State, even though they put up a 69 well, spot in Arizona. Minus two and a half for Washington State. I'm like, uh, I, I, it's, it's, if I just, I can't. I got it. I, I'm leaning Washington in this one. I, I just something's leaning for me on this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you there. I just Washington State. This is definitely a good test. I mean, Washington obviously has. A bunch of athletes, like, like, and so I mean, they're going to give Washington State a test. It should be good. I mean, it's definitely. Uh, this is one of those games, Washington State. I don't think it. They they need to win this one by a couple touchdowns to prove that they're legit. But I mean, UCF's man, they're going to be watching this game so close because they need them to lose big time. Yeah, I feel you. But um, I I I, I just don't know something seems like it, it's going to work here. Uh, I, I I just I think that like I honestly I love this I think that we the Michigan and I'm I'm already getting my head so I just think I'm watching as a shot here I just something screaming upset to me. Next up we got the big one, the Michigan Ohio State and here's in my, Columbus in Columbus I don't know if that's gonna have a play. Or what was that? I, I, I jokingly just said Michigan by forty. Um, I just, I just not I, out of the picture. I, I just, you know what? I just, I think Urban Meyer's just gone. I think he's just done. Ohio State, they're unraveling. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is anything close to what he had with JT Barrett or God, I just said it, Cardell Jones, um, or Braxton Miller. I just think that it's, it's kind of this. I, I think Michigan's just too loaded, and the. Any betting man would be like, oh, there's no shot. I think that Ohio State's going to pull the upset because it's in Columbus, but I, I don't see it. I think Michigan rolls this one by at least a touchdown or two. The line right now of Michigan minus four. I, yeah, I, just, I, I think I agree. I think Michigan should roll. I think they should do everything. I mean, this is the most important game in Harbaugh's like, career. Like, they're actually not the underdog in this game. I think the only advantage that. Mi- Ohio State can, I guess, use is like there's nothing to lose really in this game. I mean, I guess they only have one loss, and if they win this game, it's they could maybe sneak in the playoff. But I mean, this is definitely more of a pressure game for Michigan. So, do they come out uh, with too much on their minds instead of like, I mean, I don't know. I, I still think Michigan takes care of them after watching Ohio State the past couple of weeks. I don't think Michigan has any problem. I think they beat them just like they beat Penn State, and yeah, so it's a big game, but. I think it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment for people watching it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be good. I think the best game is going to be the Wazoo game. Or, um, and then you know, I, I look at honestly. Besides that, there's not really any games that really stand out to me. I, I mean, you could go. F- I mean, I mean, there's the Iron Bowl, but Auburn kind of fell off. I think Alabama rolls them by at least two touchdowns. And it's Alabama. Oh my God, one is Alabama minus twenty four. Oh, that is nuts. God. That is the most massive line I've ever seen in my life. And that's probably accurate. 
Well, yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm not going to even bother picking the game. My buddy Kevin from Alabama is probably laughing because he's going to probably go to the game and just like be like, oh, okay, can I leave at halftime to go play golf now or go like go to a <laughs> Exactly. Ridiculous. Like, okay, by the way, Kevin, shout out. But, yeah, no, Alabama is absolutely just – they're going to absolutely roll Auburn. If, they, if Auburn ends up pulling this off, I think it's going to be just absolute chaos. I think Alabama still gets in, but, like, yeah. Well, well then they got to play. I mean, they'd have to play Georgia. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think they lose. I don't, I don't even want to talk about the situation. The scenario will be talked about if it happens. In Tuscaloosa. Exactly. It's a 60 43 game. No weather. This, this plays into Alabama so well. And the last game I'll talk about is Pitt Miami. Yes, start drinking. There's two games I'll talk about because we also have LSU, Texas AM afterward. But Pitt Miami, I like because this is going to be a short one. I just think. Pitt is in is in Hard Rock. The line is Miami minus six. By the way, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's because it's it, it just screams upset. It, it it just says like you know, Canes are rolling. They got all their guys back. Pitt's. I don't know how Pitt's looking forward to the ACC championship game next week against Clemson. Miami's just playing to get a better bowl game and to kind of like salvage their season for next year. Miami might have Kelly Bryant coming in, so Nikozi Perry is like trying to ball his way out so they don't go after they don't like take him. I don't know. It's just there's a lot of things that scream Miami in this game, and I just I don't like Pitt. And my boy, my buddy Sawyer said this once. He says it all the time. He's a Pitt grad. He goes, Pittsburgh only beats good teams when they're when the opposing teams ranked in the top five. So there you go. Exactly. Uh, and as us in Morgantown always say, eat shit Pitt. So I'll be rooting for your Hurricanes this weekend. I appreciate it because I'm rooting for your I'm rooting for your Mountaineers. Um, LSU Texas A&M is our last game in this uh, little rundown here. This little of the college games. I think LSU rolls them. I think Texas A&M, I don't even know how they're ranked for four losses, but um, there's just that team that the committee keeps hanging around. I I think that went that almost win over Clemson has kept them like in the national spotlight all year. I think LSU beats them by at least. I I don't know how I, Texas A&M has a line minus two and a half. I think Al- Al- LSU's offense is terrible. That's why I think Aggies are actually going to upset them. I think uh, LSU rolls by at least a touchdown. I, it's I, in Texas. A- it's at Texas A&M too. So I think because it's like a cult out there doesn't mean like you know it's going to be an easy win for them. I'm just I, saying Joe Burrow is going to be able to call plays and LSU is going to blow it. I know, I know, I know. I mean, ask our boy Rattlesnake. I'm, I think we might have to have him come on next week because he's get, talk a little college ball because he's going to. Roll about. He's a Texas guy. He's actually from Texas. He said he told me once I was on his podcast that Texas A&M is like is like a cult out there in Texas. As a Houston boy, like he is, cracks me up. But you know, I've learned about colleges that I've said it about Penn State. I've said it about um, I can't think of other schools on my head. But every other like every school thinks other schools are cults. Because everyone just it's, it's it's a weird thing. Everyone says that West Virginia is a cold. Everyone says that Penn State's cold. Everyone says Ohio State's cold. I oh, said no. it's Penn just State like that. Me, Penn State strikes me as a cold, but like I wouldn't think Morgantown would be. I think West Virginia is a party school. It's just had good, a good football program. Yeah. Yep. But also, there's not really anything else to do in West Virginia besides the Mountaineers. So you know. Exactly. And there is your there's your common sense knowledge from Mr. Jared over here. Um, <laughs> so now we go to NFL. A couple good games I want to talk about. 
Uh, we got the Thanksgiving games. I'm we're gonna fastball these picks quick. We're gonna put them in our column of better explanations, but I'm looking Bears, Skins, and Saints for the three games. Mark, what are you thinking? I want to say definitely Bears and Saints. I I'm on the fence with this Cowboys Skins game just because does Colt McCoy have this like oh I'll, the Redskins are fine or do the Cowboys t- keep making some noise and stirring up this Jason Garrett saves his job I don't know I think the Cowboys I, I think I'm going to end up going with the Cowboys I might have picked the Redskins but I can always change that All right. uh, the other games I want to look for on the Sunday edition um, I really love the Seahawks Panthers because now the Seahawks after their uh, are like back in relevancy at five and five. They're still the shot to the playoffs. Panthers after their loss, the Lions are reeling. I almost would almost pick the Seahawks because apparently they can score now. Uh, that's news to me. And um, the Panthers just seemed inept last week. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for this game. What do you think? I think the Panthers are for some reason. Anytime I I cannot win with that team. If I pick them, they lose. If I pick so, against them, they win. For so all gonna, fans, I need you to pick the Panthers this week. Yeah, well, I'll. <laughs> I don't want to be Mark Owen for Riley though. You could get all the ups because, dude, I took some pretty gutsy upsets in college. You might actually beat me this week. We'll see, but I, uh, I think, I think the Panthers get one that they need, and the Seattle just goes back to struggling. So there's hope. Um, the Eagles. <laughs> We have the Giants who all of a sudden, I'm talking to the Giants, and he's like, oh, my God, we have a shot in the East. I, have, I, I expect two things here. There's only two scenarios I see happening in this game. One, Philadelphia comes out so pissed off after last week, they beat the New York Giants into submission, and it gets ugly. Like, fighting on the field, Philadelphia's up by 50, going for fourth and long. It's going to be ugly. Or it's going to be a close game with either team getting a late field goal. And Philadelphia possibly like having anarchy in the streets. That's the only two uh, things I see. I don't know. I just I, this game just is so weird to me. Yeah, I think it's tough because Eagles def- uh, Eagles offense is just has no idea what it's really doing right now. Giants are feeling good. Um, I don't think they go into Philadelphia and win. But who's to say it won't happen? I but I mean they, it's either they said they come out pissed off and win by not a lot, not like the first time, or they come out and start have a slow start and the Giants end up surprising us. But I think the Eagles, if they don't win this one, I mean, yeah, then all hope is definitely lost for this season at least. Exactly, I think that I think this is the lost season for us. But um, the other games I'm liking. I look, you got you know, Houston and Tennessee on Monday night. This all banks on if Mariota starts. Yeah, because that nerve damage is back. I mean, Texans are hot, too. They might end up winning this game if Mariota plays. It's just The Titans are so, like, they're, like, almost, like, a similar to, like, the Chargers. Like, everyone thinks they might actually have a good roster. They might be good, and then, like, they don't win the games they're supposed to. But I don't know. I think the Texans end up pulling this one off, regardless of who's starting at the uh, quarterback i think so too but i think this could be a closer game um dolphins colts is the other one i was interested in a little bit Tannehill's back i know and like the dolphins don't have it's not like the dolphins don't have weapons so i'm thinking to myself i'm like 
maybe the Colts get caught up here. This There's is a possibility. I think. I just don't think they have wanted a big enough game yet to get caught up. So I think they're just going to keep winning these like games they're kind of supposed to. And then if they like say say if the Colts, I guess the Titans is a pretty big win for them. But um, I don't know. They might get a it might be a caught up game, but I think they're going to end up. I think the Colts are just on a hot streak right now, and I don't see the Dolphins getting in their way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look at it like this. Um, I I just I I think I it's going to be a crazy game, and um, I think it's going to be high, a lot higher scoring because I think the Dolphins are going to put up points uh, going against the Colts because I think the Colts defense just caught a bad Mariota a Mariota-less Tennessee team off guard. So, uh, do you think that uh, the Dolphins, if they play poorly first half on offense, the rocket ship comes in? Oh my god, that would make the greatest headline <laughs> game and actually scored. Oh my god, you hear the offseason headline Brock Oswald gets a three year extension from the Dolphins. I would why oh. be laughing so hard because the Miami Dolphins are the worst run uh sports team in Miami. It goes in order, um, and that's uh, it's above the Marlins, by the way. It goes oh, heat, the Hurricanes, then there's 30 feet of crap, and there's the Dolphins and uh, Dolphins and Marlins. Yeah, it's it's crazy down there. But uh, I mean, uh, if if he gets if he replaces Tannehill, that would just be wild. Yeah, I would laugh hysterically. All right, so that about wraps it up for our picks. Now, ladies and gentlemen. We've we're we've actually run so long today. It's almost an hour and a half, so it's our longest podcast to date. So I'm going to make this quick. We're talking about Thursday night, Thursday football, the Thanksgiving. I love it. It's my second favorite holiday besides Christmas, but that's just goes without saying. I love Thursday. I love Thanksgiving football. I've had some great memories with it. I remember a couple years ago. Uh, I, I've loved seeing as an Eagles fan the Cowboys losing to just teams that don't even belong on the same field as them. I've seen Shady McCoy go off. I've seen Calvin Johnson's emergence on when everyone's like, oh, wow, this kid actually out of Georgia Tech's good. I've seen epic games on Sunday night. I've seen Tomlin tripping Jacoby Jones. It's Thursday night football on Thanksgiving or Thursday night of the day, too. It's just something great. There's something crazy about these games. And I always wish every year that, like, oh, hopefully we'll play the Texans, we'll play the, the Lions, or we'll play the Cowboys, or we'll play like some other random team on Thursday, on Sunday as an Eagles fan, because like, I love these games. They make it so interesting. They make it so fun. And uh, on top of playing football with your cousins and your, and your, uh, your family, it's the best thing to watch. It makes it so much better. And it's just a great tradition. I think that Thursday Thanksgiving football is just, it it makes Thursday night football actually seem relevant to me. So I, that's my, I I love Thursday football, even though it's not Thanksgiving, but you know. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't beat it. Probably most likely hungover on the day. You get to eat all the good turkey stuffing. Some prefer mac and cheese, all that jazz. Watch some football. Ooh, good games this year. Stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, good. Actually, some solid games this year. And then you got, the, like I said, Tiger on Friday. West Virginia, Oklahoma Friday. So, should be a good weekend. I'm very excited. All right. Well, that about wraps it up. A very short uh, final uh, last call this week. The Corner Booth article should be up probably Wednesday morning. This this podcast should be up Wednesday as well. Be a busy boy Wednesday morning before the holiday. But uh, that about wraps it up for me, Mr. Jerry Clem. 
Uh, this is my co-host, Mr. Mark Riley. And that's it. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and be safe this weekend. And we will see you guys next Tuesday. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at BellyUpJared and at Mark Riley.